Hello, my name is Tihomir Opacic. You're listening to the episode two of the CMS podcast where we discuss ins and outs of CMS systems. If you're a developer, development company, business owner, or their potential client, you need to have enough knowledge to choose the CMS system that best fits your project. That's why we're here to help. So today I have a special guest joining me. That's Matt Stoffer. Hi, Matt. Hey, how's it going? Going great. Uh, how are you? Very good. Thank you. Yes, for uh, you that don't know who Matt is, let me introduce him real quick. So he's a partner at Titan.co, I guess, or what's the name of your yeah. company, like official name? We, we tend to say it's Titan Co, C-O period, which means Titan Company. But All right. Yeah. Literally, if, if you say Titan, that's good enough. So Yeah. So partner at Titan, uh, five-minute geek show host, uh, Laravel podcast co-host, so an author of upcoming O'Reilly book, Laravel Up and Running. Uh, he's blogging at metstoffer.co. He's speaking at conferences and he's an author of numerous open source packages, projects and stuff like that. And I was wondering how you find time to do all that work. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, sleeping, you know, sleeping's overrated. I, 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 honestly, though, I don't I don't watch any TV and I don't play any video games. And I chose, yeah, I, I'm entertained by doing all these things instead yeah. of those things. So I basically just swap them out. So Yeah, you know, I've listened to a podcast. I'm not really sure what name it was. And the guy was talking about like a Saturday morning syndrome. And mm. that is like when you wake up on a Saturday morning, the first thing that you want to do it's probably something that you need to do for the rest of your week. So mm -hmm. if you're like waking up and thinking, oh, my God, I need to program or I need to uh, start a podcast, I need to do this or that, then, you know, probably uh, it's something that you need to do um, yeah. for the rest of your week. So I guess that's, that's the magic recipe there. That's exactly it. Um, I've, you know done my research around the web and found, uh, first of all, your episode on a 5-Minute Geek show, and that's episode number six. Uh, it's called The Holy Grail of Content Management. And I've also uh, bumped into a, a, a Google Hangouts talk that you had, like, I guess, two years ago with Ryan Tableda, Max Sergey, Jake Chapman, and Alex Dover. Mm -hmm. Same subject. Uh, you've discussed... Uh, various Laravel-based CMS systems and basically what's, who's using what and are they happy or not. So uh, there was lots of WordPress rage and, <laughs> <laughs> and but you know, nobody can live without it. That was like the, the bottom line, the con uh, conclusion. Yep. Um, but in your um, five minute geek show episode, you I mean, let's not, you know, talk too much about what, what you mentioned there. I invite people to listen to it. Uh, but um, what I feel is that, you know, there is no holy grail CMS system. It's, such thing doesn't exist, in my opinion. Why? Because what's good for one industry might not be good for other, uh, like industry niche. So... Um, probably there are some awesome CMS systems within a niche that you know various companies can use and be happy with. But to sort of you know uh, be able to compare uh, our Titan um, and 
Orange Hill development, that's my company, uh, niches are somewhat you know, compliant. Let's first define uh, your niche. I mean, what's like your average project size, average client type, stuff like that. Sure. Yeah, um, and I'll caveat that a little bit in that um, mm -hmm. these average projects will be different depending on whether or not they're the type of project we use a CMS on. Mm -hmm. So um, we don't usually take any projects under five or $10,000. Mm -hmm. um, and so that means we're going to miss out on most projects that are appropriate for WordPress. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that there aren't big WordPress projects, but if we take them, um, the, the sort of project that could be served by WordPress, we're probably not going to use WordPress anyway. So mm -hmm. I've done lots of that in my past, and I still maintain some of those sites. And every once in a while, I'll help a friend set up a WordPress site. So I have that experience, but it's not something that Titan does. Usually, if Titan is doing what we call a brochure site, so it's basic information that's not going to be doing a lot of changing. And if it is going to change, it's going to be the client coming in and changing it. Mm -hmm. Then we're probably talking somewhere in the five to $10,000 range, anywhere up to hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on how much design they want us to do, how complex it is, how crazy the data is. And often in those contexts, we'll use some basic CMS, but then we're going to write a whole bunch of plugins for the CMS to mm -hmm. make it do other things. And that's where a lot of the complexity and the cost comes in. And we're talking about anything from five pages. We did, we did a, um, a, a front end conversion recently with five pages, um, up to tens of thousands of pages. And so mm -hmm. it's kind of very variable. Um, if we're using a CMS, it's almost definitely going to be relatively simple data. Um, mm -hmm. occasionally we've worked with folks to use a CMS admin panel to power like a software as a service, but we don't recommend it because at some point, if you do that, you're going to run into some of the ways where you're using a tool that's built to manage data so that it can be presented in the front end, but you're using it as if it were for people to log in and interact with as if it were Twitter or Facebook. Eventually, there's going to be some mismatch of how the, your tool and your client think about things that's going to cause mm -hmm. you pain. Yeah. So usually, if you're using it for anything other than log in, change data, data change is reflected either in an API or in an actual HTML or JavaScript document somewhere, we probably won't use a CMS. We'll probably write something from scratch. Yeah. So that defines us a little bit because I've worked at companies that use Drupal and a lot of the other larger CMSs before. Um, and in a lot of contexts where other companies would kind of smush Drupal in there, mm -hmm. we'd probably come create something custom uh, in, in a Laravel or something like that. Yeah. So when we're using a CMS, we're probably talking something that is static-ish. Um, it's not something that is, you know, maybe there's blogs getting posted and RSS feeds getting updated, but it's not expecting users to log in and interact with each other. We will probably not use the CMS for that. And we're talking anywhere from the 5000 to hundreds of thousands of dollars range, depending mm -hmm. on the client. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'm not really sure uh, is our situation any much different than yours. We mm -hmm. also, you know, tend to avoid smaller projects you know we to it's just a pain to have like your people on idle between mm -hmm. projects so first first of all we we tend to um go for projects that are multiple months of development and mm -hmm. you know also in the, in above the 5 to 10k range and regarding the cms systems we have sort of our own uh, thing that's internal uh, CMS system that we um, adjust per project needs. So uh, most of our projects uh, at least 
I guess that that's something that we stride towards, but lately we're, we're having lots of projects that are API-driven, meaning that we create a public-facing API that's consumed by the front-end web app with, you know, either, I don't know, Vue.js or uh, AngularJS, and then we use the same API to power, power the mobile applications. So mm -hmm. this is something that we're getting lots of lately. And our like custom CMS system does the best job. So we've even done um, ex like exposure of WordPress data through an API for a client. So that's, mm -hmm. that was kind of weird, weird. But you know, I've heard from them that even I'm not really sure Mashable or some like huge blogging company does the same thing. So they have like their front end in I don't know Ruby or something like like that, and they mm -hmm. do uh, like all the 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 po posts publishing stuff and everything with wordpress and then just yeah. you know copy the data over to the front end system so basically um there was a poll going on um that i've i've seen the results of and it turns out that most of the developers have their own like thing like their own cms ish mm -hmm. kind of thing or at least their, I don't know, set of views that they're adopt for, for each ongoing project. And mm -hmm. no one really likes to use a third-party CMS and like even a paid CMS. And that's, that's something that I've noticed, which I find really uh, a not really a, a best choice for a client. Because uh, yeah. if you can save your client time and money and you know ultimately he'll come back to you or refer another client to you because his site you know ended up costing uh, I don't know ten thousand dollars instead of thirty if you've done like yep. the entire admin panel from the scratch so there's a lots of going on uh, you know the three different groups of people involved uh, developers uh, dev company owners and clients all have their needs, you know, as a dev company owner, okay, I'm, you know, I'm fine if I get 30 grants instead of 10, right. you know, and developer, yeah, he probably doesn't like to switch CMS systems and, you know, a client, if he finds out that you ripped them off, uh, he'll never come back. You know, it's, uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a good thing to, to know CMS system, systems in general. So yeah. what do you use uh, when you're, you're using the third party uh, CMS What's your primary choice? What's your secondary choice? Yeah, let me add a quick note to what you were saying there too. Um, mm -hmm. There's, uh, so first of all, uh, we 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 consider it a success if a client comes to us and we're able to provide what they need, uh, cheaper or free, um, relative to what they're expecting. Yeah. And so the first thing we do on any project is discovery, which is understanding what exactly are you looking for. And what is the, the simplest possible way to provide it? What's the cheapest possible way to provide it? And, and you just got to come at it with an approach of like, if you're going to try and basically dupe people into making that 30K instead of the 10K, um, it will pay off for you at times. But in the long run, it's not going to develop a relationship with the community where yeah. you're going to be getting those referrals. And it will, you will make less, like if you want to be entirely pragmatic, you'll make less money in the long run by manipulating people like that. So I yeah. couldn't agree with you more. And I also think there's value in using um, bespoke or pre-made CMSs because let's say some time down the road, you hire a new person 
and this person comes back to you and says, hey, can you make these changes to it? Well, if you hire a new person that's familiar with these basic baseline CMSs, they can make that change. Um, if not, then you can't. And, and it's the same thing, even if like, if, if you, let's say you have made 15 custom CMSs, each one that is maybe has the same base, but maybe that one's version one, version two, version five for each client, mm -hmm. trying to go back to any version that you've made for a client and remember what you did and what specifics you had, all kind of stuff, or for them to hire some other developer, come, it's impossible. So the, the absolute best way to ensure the future changeability of the code, which is like probably should be our first goal, in terms of programming, our, our quality of work is can it be adjusted in the future and can it be changed in the future? Um, is the best way to do that is to use as many pre-baked components as as you possibly can without you know basically hurting the mm -hmm. the, the deliverable or something like that. So yeah. okay, so sorry, I, I you didn't ask me that, but I wanted to throw that yeah, in. Yeah, sorry for not asking. I, I was no, 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 no you're that. fine. Yeah, you're fine. Um, so I I think there's a, a huge number of values of using a pre-made system if you can. That having been said, there's plenty of times where we don't. But um, yeah. so all right. So in terms of when we run into a project that we think is going to be well suited for a CMS. Um, I would say the first tool I would reach for is Statomic um, because um, it has the least complexity in terms of the system it's deployed on because it's you don't have to worry about your database and everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, and because it makes more sense to our developers um, because the, the biggest problem we've run into with Craft CMS and Expression Engine and a lot of those other ones is database synchronization. Mm -hmm. And for the clients, that's usually fine. Um, because in the end, we keep that pain away from them. But when I have multiple developers working on a database-driven CMS like WordPress, Craft, Expression Engine, there's always pain points. There's always mm -hmm. data synchronization issues. And, and so the first thing I'll hear when I put a, a developer on one of those projects is, oh, I have to deal with X or Y database synchronization issue. Statomic takes all that out of the way. So the first one I'd reach for is Statomic. Um, now, Statomic uh, does not have the... Statomic completely revamped everything from scratch a couple months ago to put it on Laravel. Mm -hmm. um, so their their admin panel is still like... It's pretty new. It's about a month or two old, whereas Crafts has been around for years and they've been really been finding it. So the... the the user end user experience for craft tends to be a little bit better. There's more plugins for it. It's a little bit more, there's less bugs. Um, but that's just a function of Statomic yeah. being new. That will, every day that passes, Statomic has less bugs. It has more plugins. So that's a temporary thing. Um, however, I've been using craft for years. So my number two would absolutely be craft. And it's very, very close. Craft is fantastic. The team behind craft is amazing. I love them as human beings. Mm -hmm. And I would consider it, um, it's probably, I would consider it probably a little bit more powerful and robust than Statomic right now because it's been around. And again, they're a fantastic team. They're brilliant. They really know how to build their admin panels well. So I think I would hold Statomic and Craft almost as like a tie for first. Um, at this point, I would never, ever, ever, ever choose Expression Engine in any way, shape, or form. There's no reason to choose Expression Engine when you have Craft as an option. Yep. Um, I wouldn't choose Drupal. We have never seen a site that someone has built in Drupal that would not be better in our context and the type of work that we get that would not be better built in either something custom or something simpler. Mm -hmm. um, craft can do, most of the Drupal sites I've seen can be done in Craft without a problem. And if they can't be done in Craft, it's usually because there's so much complexity, I would probably build it as a custom Laravel app. Yeah. Um, we don't get projects that are small enough for um, WordPress. And I don't think any of the other CMSs that we've seen have really impressed us in the ways that they differentiate themselves. Um, that having been said, I do think that there's something that I think you already want to talk about, so I won't go too far into it, but I think yeah. there's a 
there's I don't, I don't have a term for it, but I think there's a delineation between what is a CMS and what is a package that makes it easier for you to build admin CRUD and admin panels. Um, and there, there we have not yet found the one that we like. There's like dozens of them, mm-hmm. basically things that are like Laravel plugins that make it really easy to build CRUD and to build all this kind of stuff. We have yet to find one that we love. That doesn't mean it doesn't. it's not out there, but we just haven't tried all of them because there's so many yeah. of them. Um, it, so usually what we'll do is we'll build that from scratch. And so that's it, kind of CMS-y, right? It's not mm. quite CMS. We'll build those from scratch and we're building, we have like a, a, a similar to what you're talking about, we kind of have like a core set of uh, views and conventions um, and ways to do it. Because uh, in a lot of those, we'll build a Laravel API like you're talking about, yeah. and then we'll build a Vue.js um, admin panel on top of it. When we do that, we have some get conventions, and we may end up formalizing that into a package, releasing it out into the wild at some point soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of just a traditional, you know, spin up a scaffold like a skeleton backend, we don't have one of those that we've fallen in love with. So we tend to do that kind of work um, yeah. from scratch. But if it's an actual CMS where the, where the users are going to log in, it's probably Statomic first, Craft second, and I don't think we have anything else on our list, honestly. Yeah, um, regarding the Craft CMS, I think that you know. The thing that you said that there's no reason to use uh, expression engine over craft CMS. That's that makes sense because I think that uh, the Pixel and Tonic guys uh, originally started off by writing plugins uh, for yep. expression engine and then moved to create their own. And if I'm not mistaken, expression engine is CI driven like CodeIgniter. Yeah, yep. and that's for me another reason not to use it. And yep. craft is I think ye right. It's Yi, yeah. Yeah, and well, uh, I mean, Yi is like the closest thing to Laravel. If you're a Laravel yeah. fan, <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're writing craft plugins, it's basically the same as writing little mini Laravel apps. Like you have to learn a little bit about the Yi conventions, mm-hmm. but in general, that the, the they're both modern frameworks using PSR. You know, they're very very yeah. modern. Whereas mm-hmm. you go to an expression engine, and it's it's old and it's out of date and it's using backwards thinking. And yeah. the company, the reason CI died is the is the way the company ran it. Mm-hmm. Like the, the CI community was ready to bring it forward in the modern world and the company wasn't. And yeah. that same company is running Expression Engine. So just like think yeah. about what impact that, do you want to really tie yourself closely to a CMS where that's kind of the situation? I know. I and know. I, you know, I, I forgot, I actually forgot our third, our third tier is we actually do use static site generators for clients. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of sites are so simple that you teach them a little bit of markdown and do, so we, we'll use Jigsaw, which is a, a static yeah. site generator based on Laravel Blade that we made. And if a site's simple enough, uh, Jigsaw is enough. And again, it has mm-hmm. the same benefits of Statomic in that like you pretty much don't need any specifics on the server that you're deploying it to because it's already been built yeah. in your local development environment. The problem with using a static site generator is that you either have to have a very technical client or you have to have the client who's comfortable with coming back to you when they need changes made. But there are some such clients, and so that's an option as well. Yeah, so, so what do you do with the, those clients? Do you provide them with like an FTP account to upload MDs to a specific folder? How do they manage their, their websites? Uh, we still do get based deployment for those folks. So mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't really have any clients these days who are in an old school kind of FTP type thing. So usually what we'll do is we'll set them up with basically like uh, DigitalOcean Forge spun up server mm-hmm. with push to deploy. Um, and we we don't have, I don't think we have any clients on Jigsaw. Um, so, so they're aware how to use like uh, Git or 
Well, yeah, they would either have to be very technical people. So they'd have mm-hmm. to get Jigsaw up and running locally. They'd have to learn Markdown. They'd have to use Git. Um, or they'd have to rely entirely on us to make changes. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's not a very common use case. But mm-hmm. like the Titan site is run that way. Yeah. Um, because the Titan site doesn't need a CMS. Mm-hmm. You know, it just needs something to to, for example, share the header view and share the footer view and yeah. normalize a little bit of data. And Jigsaw is enough for that. We don't need to put it in. We, we actually started it in Craft and realized mm-hmm. it was overkill and yeah. moved it into Jigsaw. So. Um, like static site generators is something that I first experienced when I started the CMS podcast website. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, uh, let's use Jekyll for this because yeah. uh, Jekyll is like, the I think, the most evolved um, static site generator out there, even though it's a Ruby thing, you don't need to know Ruby exactly to, I mean, actually to use it. Yeah. So I tried it and it worked out really, really fine. So from that point on, I've like done a couple of videos, like with, within my experiencing series, I tested Ceramic and it, you know, proved to be really easy to, to, to learn and easy to use system. Mm-hmm. And then I tried your Jekyll and it seemed like, you know, a, a good start, but, you know, I tried to rebuild like CMS podcast website with it, but I was missing like pagination. I was missing categories and stuff like yeah. that. So do you yeah, Jigsaw, Jigsaw doesn't have the collect, the concept of a collection right now. Mm-hmm. So it's very good for a pages. But the yeah. moment you have any repeating concept like blog posts or episodes, it's useless. And we know that's like the number one feature request right now. So. Yeah. So, so are, what's your plan? Are you going to uh, invest in it? And Yeah, absolutely. We yeah. actually just talked yesterday about who is going to take that time and do it. It's absolutely our... I mean, we thought it was going to happen a while ago. Mm-hmm. And then we released a few other open source projects since then that have con- yeah. kind of consumed our time. Uh, but we released one yesterday and one a couple weeks ago. So we're... Jigsaw is next on the list and adding collections to it is right there. It's interesting that you mentioned Statomic and the static site generator thing. It took me a while to understand exactly where Statomic fits. And so it's probably worth us talking about that real quick. Statomic is based on static files. So it's based on markdown files and Mm -hmm. HTML files and stuff like that. So it's static in that it's not connecting off a database. But there's two important things about Statomic that makes it different from a static site generator. One of them is that it's on the front end, it's still served by PHP. Mm-hmm. It's not static files. It, you, they're, they're building a feature that allows it to eventually spit out static files. So you can, but it, that's not the core. Yep. The core, there's a PHP router that hits and then it does its work and then it reads the content from static files and then serves it. Mm-hmm. But the second important thing is that Statomic has an admin panel, which is why it's so much different from static site trainers, just like you yep. talked about. Do, do your clients want to go learn Git and exactly. Markdown and blah, blah? Probably not. Yeah. Um, unless they're highly technical. Whereas with Statomic, all they have to learn is how to type in domain.com slash CP and they log in and they don't even know it's static site backed. It looks just yeah. like any other admin panel. So that's what makes mm-hmm. Statomic so much more, uh, yeah. higher, so much higher on the list. So. Yeah, basically the Statomic admin panel is uh, an advanced code generator that basically generates mm-hmm. your MD files for you, your config files. And even, you know, messes around with file system, reorders things in a nice mm-hmm. way and stuff like that. So it's it's really good. And the um, thing that I didn't have time to, to, to look at is how to create plugins for Statomic. Because if you want to move from the usual CRUD uh, pages, routing, 
kind of mm -hmm. stuff, you need to know that. So mm -hmm. I just glanced at the documentation and it was like too much for me. I guess it would take me a day or two to go through it and to mm -hmm. create something, you know, that works. So I kind of skipped that. <laughs> so is it hard to, to learn? Uh, it's Laravel. So mm -hmm. the, 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 the weird thing about it is that if you're a Laravel developer, you might think, oh, I can go to Statomic and I'll instantly know how to write plugins. The problem is you need to understand the architectural concepts around Statomic, but that's yep. true for any CMS. You mm -hmm. can't go write craft plugins until you understand their architecture. So that's what takes time. Yeah, so. that's, that's a really interesting point because, you know, people uh, like community around Laravel loves Laravel and mm -hmm. you can easily tell that it's getting more and more popular if you look at the Google trends and mm -hmm. compare Laravel to anything else, meaning ye, uh, even Symfony that it's based upon or whatever. It just, you know, it goes, um, goes up. Uh, but people that are creating CMS systems based off of uh, Laravel you know, they create their own workflows and they expect developers to adopt their ideas and workflows where, where you know, those developers already love Laravel. And, you know, I'm wondering why isn't there a CMS system that, you know, just builds upon the great foundations that Laravel has already mm -hmm. set and that people already love. And, you know, that's weird, weird, a weird thing for me. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. There's there's the and I, I want to throw out a quick note before we go into that. It, there's two kind of different worlds and there's many different worlds, but there's two kind of different worlds when you come to the craft CMS and the expression engine world. And the one is uh, front end developers often who have a little bit of, you know, uh, design chops and all that kind of stuff um, who then need a CMS to back it. They think about things in one very particular way, and it's been shaped a lot by the things that came before, like movable type and expression engine. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of these CMSs are really taking the things that are known and understood by the CMS world and moving them forward. Uh, and then that's very different than the progression that has happened in the backend development world. First yep. of all, how we think in general, and second of all, the things that we've grown in. So for a lot of these folks... Um, even at the forefront of this world, when I come in and I say, oh, well, these, you know, it's hard for us as Laravel developers or modern PHP developers to work with your CMS because X, Y, Z, they've literally never even heard about some of the things that we care about. And mm -hmm. these are people who are amazing thinkers at the forefront of their whatever, but it's because it's just, it's such a different world. Um, the problem with that is that so then in Laravel developers, a lot of them come along just like you're saying and say, oh, I'm going to make a Laravel minded thing. The problem is they don't have the knowledge of the CMS community. Mm -hmm. They don't understand all the things that have been thought about in terms of how do you build a useful uh, panel and what things need to be flexible based on X and Y use case that maybe you've never run into, yeah. but people in the CMS world run into all the time. And so many, many, many people have started and given up on Laravel-based CMSs that are exactly what you're describing. Mm -hmm. They are, you know, the CMS that thinks the way that Laravel works that gets out of your way. The, the two problems are, one, uh, just because you can make a CMS doesn't mean you actually know how to do it right. And I, I, I've, I've never actively used October CMS, so I don't want to talk too poorly about them. But from what I've gathered, it was that same kind of idea. It was like, mm -hmm. well, Laravel's popular, CMSs are good, let's build a CMS in Laravel without really knowing how to think through all the important 
decisions you need to make yeah. in terms of mm-hmm. making a good CMS. Um, there are a few. So I know October came out, and I know that that, that kind of didn't go anywhere. Um, I have a friend, David Hempel, who has uh, has one that kind of is in line of what you're thinking about. It's been beta for a while. It's called Bumble, B-U-M-B-L-E. Mm-hmm. So it's BumbleCMS.com. And it is really kind of what you and I were talking about, about when you have this distinction between a CMS versus package or collection of packages that makes it easier for you to build your admin panel. Bumble is more on the package and collection of packages side. So it's yeah. less a CMS and more like a tool that makes it really easy to build admin CRUD and admin panels. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bumble, I think uh, it's in beta. I don't know how close it is to like active usability, but I think just having talked to him, a, a lot of his ideas are really good there. Um, mm-hmm. So that might be one that has potential, but also Pyro CMS just got re-released yeah. on Laravel. And I, I haven't used it yet because it's just a couple days ago. But if you just read the sales pitch on their live site, mm-hmm. it seems like they've moved a little bit towards being a, a Laravel tool where you're defining these things in code and a little bit less like a traditional CMS, which is kind of the same pitch that Bumble made. So I'm curious yep. whether Pyro may be the combination of like, hey, we've been around, we've built CMSs before, mm-hmm. but like a more laravel way of thinking. Again, I haven't tried it yet, but I'm curious whether that may end up being a solution in that direction. So, yeah, me too, because, you know, that's been cooking on for a year or... Quite a while, yeah. yeah or even more, I think. I think that they used Laravel version 3 originally and then moved on to 4 and then 5. Not not sure. I believe it. Yeah. Okay. So do you ever uh, discuss the CMS options with your clients? I mean, you've said that you love when your clients uh, come to you and know what they want, but do you ever uh, like bring it to them with, um, without them specifically asking for, for that dis- debate-like discussion? Yeah, we, we usually, and, and actually it's totally fine if our clients coming to us come to us not knowing what they want because we aren't just programmers. I often say we're not just code monkeys. Mm-hmm. One of the things we love doing the most is di- discerning the values and priorities and goals of our clients and finding the best solution for them. So we're not just craft programmers or Laravel programmers or JavaScript programmers. Mm-hmm. We are, I hate this term because it sounds so cheesy, but like solution architects. We're people who understand your problem and discern the best way to solve it. And then we also happen to solve it as well. So we tend to have clients, maybe half and a half, uh, who have, um, on the one half is, oh man, I know you guys are a Laravel shop, build this Laravel app for me. I know you're a craft shop, build this craft thing for me. I know you're a statimic shop, build this stat. Okay, cool, that's great. And so some people will come to us because of a very specific technology. And the more that I and our other developers kind of get known in a particular space, you know, you know, I did a video um, on, what's it called? Uh, Cordova, Ionic which Mm -hmm. is like a a mobile framework based on Cordova and Angular and stuff like that. And it got really popular kind of unexpectedly. And all of a sudden we started getting a whole bunch of people saying, hey, you're an Ionic shop. Can you do these projects (laughs) for us? Which is fine, you know? So, and that's kind of what's happened as I've gotten known in the Laravel community and the craft community and stuff like that. People come to us asking for those. But the other half of our clients say, we just know that you do good work. You have a good reputation for solving people's problems. My my friend or this other company who worked whatever whatever recommended you, here's my problem. Help me figure mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. And to those people, um, we will often have a prime recommendation. It very much seems like your solution, this the best solution for what you're going through is going to be craft CMS. Here's why. Sometimes we present them multiple options either for the sake of them 
mm-hmm. defining some of their preferences or because it's the best way to figure out some of their specific needs. You know, hey, you know what? We understand that you have this need. That need could be solved by these two tools. Here's the pros and cons of each of those tools. Can you give us more information about your needs by telling us which of those pros and cons are more valuable to you? Yeah. Um, in general, though, um, we tend to lean on um, being opinionated. We like tools that are opinionated and we like being opinionated. Mm-hmm. Not that someone, if someone comes along and says, well, I think this should be a statimic project, whatever we'd say, no, but more, um, we want the client's experience in working with us to be as easy for them as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't want them to have to make decisions that they don't have to make. So if we think one's a better fit for the client, it's pretty clear. We're not going to bring a second one just for the sake of giving them options. We're going to give them the one that's the best one for them. And they trust us to be a professional to know what's best. So, yeah, that's a good relationship to have. All right. So, um, I think that we're, we're probably near or already past the 30 minute (laughs) (laughs) like magical mark. Yeah. Mark that I'm trying to hit and miss all the time but (laughs) (laughs) uh, let's uh, sum our talk up by asking you what are the top three features let's say Mm -hmm. that you'd like to have in your cms like your uh holy grail cms Mm -hmm. and that you're currently missing that i'm currently missing that's a good one um i would say what i would want is um the level of maturity I'm also gonna almost kind of gonna describe like a zombie CMS or a <laughs> Frankenstein. That's what it is. I want the level of maturity and understanding of how people interact with their data that you get from something like a Craft CMS. And Statimic is close to there, uh, but Craft I feel like is the pinnacle of just understanding how people interact with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want the developer friendliness of something like Statimic, meaning uh, I want all the data. So I want. The thing that we don't get from any CMS, and Statimic is the best at this, but it still has a tiny little bit of trouble, but it's absolutely the best, is I want the Laravel-style workflow where every time you check out the repo, you get the the foundation of the application, um, but not the content, right? And so like when you have a production version of your Laravel app and you have a local version and a staging version, they all have the mm-hmm. same code and they all have the same database structure using migrations, but none of them have the same content and that's not a problem. You can't do that with everybody else. Now you can do that with Statimic as long as you configure your Git ignore directory Mm -hmm. as well. So that's one of the reasons why I love Statimic so well. It's not quite as easy as it is in Laravel, but it's close. So I would want one where my developers can, for example, check out the code from a live site, Mm -hmm. make 10 schema changes locally while the client is still logging into the live site and making content changes Mm -hmm. and writing new blog posts, editing things. And then the local developer can make those changes, push it up, and those schema changes will be applied to the live data Mm -hmm. without this crazy dance of pushing, dumping, you know, database merges and pulling them down and pushing them up and stuff like that. Um, That's my number one complaint with Craft is that that is still just as much of a mess in Craft as it is in um, Expression Engine and WordPress. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's my number two. Um, Do I have a number? You know, number three would be uh, a a plugin authoring process 
that is as easy as possible. And I, I think that Statimic, again, is probably on its way there. Um, and Craft's plugin authoring process is very, very good. The only complaint I have there is that it's E instead of Laravel, but that's yeah. a that's a minor complaint. Mm -hmm. So I would I think that mainly, basically, if I could take either wait for Statimic to mature just a little bit more, and we use it already in client projects, so I'm not mm -hmm. saying it's not ready for it, um, but if I could get like the best of Craft and Statimic together in one, um, that would be my dream. So, yeah. so craft is fantastic, but number one complaint there is the data synchronization. And honestly, I don't think anybody who uses databases as the backing piece of their CMS has yet solved the data synchronization problem well. Yeah. So. Okay. Makes sense. So, uh, guys, if you didn't already watch um, my experiencing Statomic video, it's on my YouTube channel. And Today is like Thursday and tomorrow is Friday. Tomorrow I'm doing experiencing craft CMS. So cool. probably this pod podcast will be published after. Uh, like uh, I've, I've already done with craft, but that's good to know. And uh, also what, what I wanted to finally mention is people, I mean, I'm primarily talking to, to you, the developers. So it's okay to give like a hundred or two hundred dollars for Statomic or any other commercial CMS system if it's going to save you the time and then it's going to provide you with uh, a nice like experience in programming and it's going to provide a nice experience for your customer when his uh, like updating his website and finally it's going to save him money. So giving $200 to a shop that develops a CMS is not a huge thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's much better uh, to, to do that and to invest like a day or two or three to, to go through their carefully prepared documentation and to learn what they are offering than to create something of your own that's, you know, probably not that well tested and I, I, don't, I don't know what's your take on this i couldn't agree more i would say if you are balking at spending 200 dollars on a cms uh your project must be one or two thousand dollars right if it's yeah. it's some if it's some sizable portion of the amount of money you're going to make uh go use wordpress but you're going to take so long making wordpress do anything noticeable that it's really not going to be worth it but maybe you're maybe you're charging ten dollars an hour at that point okay that makes sense yeah. if you're making anything over like a thousand dollars on the project or something like that the idea that you're going to put all this work and all this time and all this effort into building this stuff from scratch that's already done better by somebody else i mean it's the same thing like if somebody came along and said well i know you want to use laravel but i want to create my own custom uh, you know, framework. Well, not not only is that a ridiculous amount of work, and it's a bad decision because the other people maintaining it in the future won't get the benefit of actually understanding what's going on. But your thing that you build is never going to be as good as that other one because they've put hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours. In Laravel's case, exactly. the the best security person has has vetted the Laravel security component, and the best database person has vetted the Laravel database component, and the open source world has you know whatever. So like these CMS people, they they've spent all this time making the absolute best thing, you know. In terms of developer time, hundreds of thousands of dollars building this thing that you're paying 200 bucks for, and you think that you are going to be able to do enough work to make it worth saving $200 on the project. That's crazy. And the only yeah. other reason you might do it is because, like we said, you're trying to manipulate your clients into paying you $30,000 to build it from scratch instead of $10,000 plus 200 
to customize this one. And then yeah. that means your relationship with your client is in this weird space where you know that you can do a better job for them for more for less money and you basically want to squeeze more money out of them. And at that point, just you need to step back and reevaluate exactly how you're thinking about your relationship with your clients and how you treat them. So Exactly, exactly. I mean, the only other reason that I can think of is that you want to learn about creating a CMS system, but I don't think you should do that on a commercial project. Yeah. <laughs> do it do on your that. company website. Yeah. Do it on your personal blog. Exactly. Don't do it don't do it for a client. <laughs> exactly. Matt, thank you so much for taking time to be my guest. Thank you, Theomia. And I, yeah, I hope that you know we'll have a chance to talk again um, about CMS systems. It's fun to talk about that, at least for me. Um, and um, guys, like I said, watch uh, my Experience Six series that's on each Friday at 1 p.m. UTC. Uh, I'm taking a different CMS system or a related tool for a ride live on YouTube. And um, all of the previous recordings are posted on my YouTube channel. So make sure to check that. You can find the link in the show notes. And also subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter. We're at CMS underscore podcast. Follow us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash CMS podcast. Thank you guys for listening until the next episode. Take care and bye bye.